There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. We have reached the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. If you're watching the news at all, which is not always a good idea. You know that President Putin calls this a military operation. And you also know that the conflict has come to a winter stalemate in many regards. I don't need to repeat the bad news. Jesus told us some 2,000 years ago that wars and rumors of wars would mark our day. So what is the good news in Ukraine? Good news must come from the people of God. Oleg Bondar woke up last year on February 24th with no reason to think that this would be a day of infamy in his life. No reason to think things were about to change for him forever. You see, when Oleg was born, February 24th had been a holiday in his country. His country at that time was called the United Soviet Socialist Republic. The holiday was called the Defender of the Fatherland Day and it had been established way back in 1919 after World War I. A lot of change has occurred in the last hundred years, and now Alex's country is called Ukraine. Not the Ukraine, as we used to call it back then, but Ukraine is its own independent nation, and Ukraine had ceased observing Defender of the Fatherland Day back in 1992. These may just be changes in dates and in politics, but there are spiritual changes underway in Ukraine as well. That's why this episode is titled, Changes in Ukraine. Vladimir Putin chose this day, February 24th, specifically to try to shock and awe the Ukrainians back under Moscow's power. But for Pastor Oleg Bondar, the day began as it always does with a cup of aromatic coffee and a breakfast of bread and cheese. Suddenly there was a large bang outside his window, but Alec didn't pay any attention to it. I mean, he lives in the city. Cars backfire, slabs of concrete fall over. Who knows, it could be anything. Yelena, Alec's wife, teaches elementary school. So she was hustling around the apartment, getting ready to leave. And suddenly the phone rang. One of the parents of one of Yelena's pupils was calling. Oleg watched his wife's face change as she listened on the phone. He knew something terrible had happened. He just didn't know that it was something terrible to the whole country. 
By this time, Russia's invasion was four years old. The tanks were rolling in from Belarus, and rockets were being launched from Russia's fleet in the Black Sea. Yet the Bonders were clueless. After learning the news, Alec quickly went outside. What did he find? Those bangs and explosions that they had heard turned out to be indeed bombs and rockets. Outside, Alec found there was panic. People were standing in line in their cars at the gas station three rows deep. Boom! A rocket fell not far from the station. People began to leave in their cars without gas. Alec went back to report to Elena, and they turned on the TV. There they saw it. The war was on. However, the Bonders did not panic. Alec told me so. There's an old Russian song that says, Smirts nestrashna, snaves the chalice nerasmy stippy. Translated, that line says, Death doesn't scare me. I've faced death more than once on the step. Thirty years ago, Alec had been thrown from his motorcycle at a more than advisable rate of speed. In other words, Alec was going too fast on his motorcycle. But even in the air, he wasn't flying too fast to pray. And he simply cried out to the Lord Jesus, whom he knew as the God of his parents. How he survived that crash is a miracle. Those who covered the scene of the accident marveled at Alec's luck. But Alec knew it wasn't luck. He knew he wasn't living for the God of his parents, yet he had experienced God's mercy that day. He knew God had saved him for his own mercy's sake, and Alec realized that God had a plan and purpose for him. That was how Alec repented and gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Alec and Elena had only been married a year at that time, and Elena was an atheist. When Alec told her that he had turned to God and was going to serve God, she was not happy. You see, atheists think of believers as weak or stupid, and she couldn't believe that her motorcycle-riding husband, who had served in the Soviet army, was going to trust and believe in fables. Alec knew good and well that God's protection on him and God's hand were not fables. He had grown up learning about the Lord from his parents. He had attended church even though it was the USSR. And now he had his own experience of God's power to save. With patience, he talked to Yelena and let her watch his life as he began to yield to the Holy Spirit. After the birth of their son, Yelena fell ill and weak. Alec talked to her often about her soul and the peace that she needed from God. Life here is frail, but our souls are eternal. Alec was patient with his wife, just as God had been patient with Alec. After five years, Yelena repented and gave her life to the God of her husband. The only true God, I might add, Jesus Christ. Today, Alec and Yelena do not fear death. They have faced it more than once. They have an eternal destiny. Christ came to destroy him who through fear of death keeps people in bondage. Alec and Yelena are not in bondage. They are one of Gospelink's most dynamic couples in Ukraine. I've been to Alec's church. Spoke there in 2015. 
With war in Ukraine, Alek and Yelena decided to stay and help the refugees. For sure, they had places to the west where they could go and be safe, but they believed that God had given them the role of shepherd for their church. And Yelena also taught school. In those first hours, many people left their city. They live literally less than 15 miles from the nuclear power station that has so long been in the news, though they do live on the west side of the Dnieper River, which is the side the Russians have not occupied. Their church building became a stopover for refugees fleeing from Donbass, from these towns called Bakhmut and Siverdonetsk, places we never heard of until the last few months. It took all of Alex's time. From morning until night, he organized and worked with other Christians in their church to deal with people's problems. People needed temporary shelter. They needed some kind of direction to get further west. Food had to be found, transportation arranged, and of course there were dozens dealing with the trauma and bitterness that comes from fleeing one's home. Why is this happening? What are we going to do? When Alec wasn't getting food supplies or making transportation arrangements, he was hearing these questions and receiving tears on his shoulder. That's why he and his wife stayed. That's why they didn't go west. Alec wrote to his gospeling sponsors last summer that his hands were busy giving out bread to people, but his words were passing out spiritual bread as well. Yelena was also active in the refugee ministry, though at the same time, she has been conducting online lessons for her school children. Life has been very difficult for them this past year. Instead of normal everyday life, Alek and Yelena live with daily war sirens, bombings, walking past destroyed apartment buildings, and lack of electricity. Alek knew that he had to look for peace from the Lord. Every day he made sure to keep his soul strong in the scriptures. And of course, the Lord's word did not fail him. It's well known, and Alec has even preached from the Lord's Sermon on the Mount. But chapters 6 and 7 became very close to Alec during this last year. Jesus' words gave him supernatural strength and stamina to continue doing what he's doing. Take no thought for the morrow, Jesus said. For the morrow shall take thought for itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. There could be no truth more apropos to ministry in Ukraine this past year. But Alec also read and cherished, Consider the sparrows. They do not gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? What can worry and fear accomplish? Jesus is saying. And with these divine fortifications, Alec and Yelena have persevered in their care for their countrymen. More than one gospel Inc. supported minister is currently involved in helping to supply the front lines. Again, they are bringing supplies and food. They are also bringing the news of the gospel. For although Ukraine has Orthodox and Catholic roots historically, the majority of people have not read or researched the good news of salvation. Driving to the frontline city of Slavyansk recently, Alek passed bombed out villages and wrecked vehicles. As they evangelized and mixed among the soldiers, Alek met Igor. Igor is 37. 
and he himself is a resident of one of the key cities in this past year's action. That was the city of Izum. Igor told Alex some of his story, how on the first day of the war a bomb was dropped on their apartment building. That same morning that Alek was drinking coffee and trying to ignore their explosions outside. Igor understood that Alek was a preacher and he told him that he had had friends who were Christians. They had often witnessed to Igor. They had encouraged him to repent and ask for forgiveness of sins. These Christian friends of Igor had been killed on that first day. As Alek talked and shared, Igor began to cry. He remembered the sincerity of his neighbors, how they loved him and how they had implored him to repent. He thought of their senseless deaths and, of course, a sense of guilt was aroused in Igor as he considered them to be more worthy of life than he, and yet he was the one still alive. The tears came. The emotions were strong. Yet the grace of God also came. And there, just a few yards from the trenches, Igor asked God for forgiveness of his sins through the blood and authority of the Lord Jesus. You know, that seed had been planted in Igor's life years ago. And Alek was there to pick it up and put it back in the soil to be watered by the Holy Spirit. Alek has found all kinds of soldiers on the front lines. He has explained the gospel to nominal Orthodox Christians, Jehovah Witnesses, and of course many who are simply unbelievers. Alek told me that he doesn't just go to preach. He tries to listen to each person as an individual, to try and feel his pain and experiences. He wants to relate to the man and then point him to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one, after all, who brings the help, the comfort, and the support. Alec wrote that he had found that everyone will accept a copy of God's Word nowadays. Before the war, he was offering Bibles, but, eh, not that interested. During this past year, there are changes in Ukraine. Alec sent me photos of some of those changes. And no, these are not photos of the war's carnage or the latest missile strike. No, 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 no. Those are photos you see in the mainstream media. On a Cup of Good News website, you can see Alex's photos of the six people he baptized this last August. There's another photo I love with Alec and more than 10 men that he is teaching and discipling. All of these men, he wrote, have recently come to Christ for their salvation. This past year, Alex sent me a photo of people gathered around his table for fellowship and Bible study. In this time of war, no one wants to watch a thriller movie or a crime movie. They need fellowship, togetherness, and the Christian leaders of Ukraine are leading such things. On September 1st, this past fall, Yelena returned to school. No more online teaching. Alex sent a photo of her outside her classroom. You can see that as well at cupofgoodnews.org. Oh, better than that, there's a video that Alex sent me. Now, the video is less than a minute long but it shows Alec outdoors speaking in front of a big crowd. The video was shot in January, just last month, in the city of Liman. Now, Liman is 25 miles from Bakhmut, so that gives you some reference. And I hope some interest to go and watch it. 
You see, I'm Gosplink's field director for Ukraine, and people are always asking me, what are things like in Ukraine? And I know what they mean. They want to know, what is the church doing, and what are our national preachers doing? You've got to go watch this video. Then you can get a glimpse of what is happening in Ukraine from the perspective of the church. Alex stands beneath a gray sky with countless people waiting to get bread or milk or some kind of supplies from his humanitarian aid delivery. But Alek is talking to them. He tells them that he's also come to give them spiritual bread. And, well, you know what? I'll play some of the audio for you right now. Oh yeah, you may not understand Russian, but I'll help translate this enough for you to know what Alek is saying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Many thanks to the many of you who have given to the Ukrainian Relief Fund over this past year. A Cup of Good News is going to pour out two or three episodes consecutively to commemorate the ministry of these national preachers in Ukraine this past year. No amount of money is going to meet Ukraine's real need. They need peace. They need the Prince of Peace. But money given to the Gospel Inc. Ukraine Relief Fund is being sent to Alek and many others like him. We're helping strengthen their hands. And that, my friends, is good news. <laughs>